Hey, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Go to our website, mccurdyscomedy.com, for all of our upcoming news and events. And if you want to get in contact with me or the podcast, please email us at podcast at mccurdyscomedy.com. I am very happy to tell you guys that uh, this coming, or next Friday, the uh, 19th, I believe, we are going to be open for business. We are finally opening at half capacity, and we are really excited to get back into the game of comedy. And I am just super excited for it. We're going to be opening with a whole new set of rules and regulations. When our, our main focus is three things. Safety, comfort, and fun. And in that order, too. So we really hope that you guys come out just to see the laughter, just to feel the, the release of laughter. And once again, we're focused on safety, comfort, and fun. And I think that you guys will see that when you come to the club. We are taking every, every extra precaution we can possibly take to make McCurdy's a very safe environment for you guys to let loose, relax, and have some fun. So please come out. We look forward to seeing you. This podcast was a really fun one, okay? We had a a lifelong friend of the McCurdy's, Mr. Scott Novotny. You've heard him before. He's been on plenty of the podcasts. But we also had the lovely Pam McCurdy. And she has dabbled and been in a few episodes before but this one she actually sat down with us and sat through the whole thing and this is if you guys are fans of the club if you're fans of the mccurdy's this podcast is for you because they really got to dive into i mean how pam and less meant how the club started and all that great stuff and they they got to you get to hang out with with scott navani who's been a friend of the mccurdy's for 25 plus years so please give it up for pam mccurdy less mccurdy scott navani and myself i really hope you guys enjoy this one thanks Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> hey, this is Les McCurdy, McCurdy's Comedy Theater and Humor Institute, servicing the greater Sarasota, Bradenton, and Venice area, occasionally going into Mayaka. We do have people that come to us as far as Arcadia, the great <laughs> rodeo town. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And uh, we're sitting here today with uh, Scott Novotny. Who Hello. Who's been with us before. Scott's one of our regular headliners, originally from Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if that'll come up in the in the conversation, uh, but uh, and um, and then for the very first time ever on our podcast, that's right, Pam McCurdy, the that's owner, right. operator, and check writer. That's what I call her, <laughs> check writer, check writer. You know, you know, we take that old Beatles yeah. song, paperback, check writer. Pam McCurdy. Oh my gosh. Anyway, she's she's the reason we have a comedy club pretty much because I have no administrative skills. You know, I love well, the Beatles, but I don't like to listen to anything that's like a top 40 Beatles song anymore. I only like to listen uh, to the obscure stuff that was what like would in be the an obscure Serious like now the, has the Beatles channel. Yes, yeah. That's all. Well, we got it on our car. I got it. Yeah. Runs okay. all the time. Yeah. Do they have Beatles obscure? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they run that. all of them. I mean, if you have a channel, it's not like you, you know, hold back those tunes. Right. Run them all, baby. I know when I was listening to it in your in your car, by the yeah. way, the new car, uh, in, in Pam's car. The Porsche, right? The, the, the nice one. 
nice car. <laughs> the one without the eight track. The, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. The one with I don't have an eight track, but my cassette deck is bitching. <laughs> um, but I was listening to Beatles, and there, I will say, I there was a couple of songs that popped up that I'd never heard before. Wow. You know, like you were. So, give me an example. What's a an obscure Beatles Probably a song? Tune, Anything right? that Ringo Starr would oh, have sung. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. But you know, um, you know, uh, what was the song? They had a. Um, there was one that was on the uh, anthology album that they kind of found. Um, I'm trying to remember. Kind the, of found. What do you mean? Kind well, it was found. like a, a song that had they had never put on any of the other other oh, albums. It was just free on as a, a bird. Free as, a, as free as a bird was never a, a song that they produced anywhere, but on that weird anthology thing that they they put together. So that's a song that's. I mean, so that's an obscure song. But right. like the you know the back songs, the the back stuff like uh, um, anything that was on the B side of the 45s. You remember the 45s? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We those. would I would get a stack of those 45s and put them on my my hi-fi, and we had. I had to have a oh. like a penny. Remember that plastic yeah. tower that you'd sit them on top right. of, and they just click down. So, so yeah, click it, click down. So it, like yeah. you were, you had your own like shuffle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Manual like shuffle, shuffle oh Mikey. Yes. You could put about if That's I remember, you could put about ten forty fives on that thing. Yeah. And Stack then we, we had to put a, like a penny on, oh, on, on the, 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 the weight, right? To, to put the extra weight, you yeah. know, and I probably just grooved into those, you know. But yeah. I, have a, I have a whole stack of little 45s still sitting around. My 19-year-old oh, really? wants to have them really, really bad, oh. but I'm afraid she'll make artwork out of them. So, of course, <laughs> we've, got, yeah. we've got some artwork that Art. we, we, when we, we bought a con the condo that the comics stay in, which you've stayed in, mm -hmm. there's, uh, there was a piece of artwork in there where someone took uh, albums uh, yeah, and vinyl. made a, a and made a, a kind of a montage of Jim Morrison yeah. with Doors albums. Do you remember seeing that, that on was the pretty wall? Cool. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. is pretty cool. It was cool. right in the dining room. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so crazy. Uh, we were, you know, the new thing, of course, is everybody going back to the, you know, albums. And, yeah. uh, what people forget that warm though, sound everybody's looking for. Yeah, they they love it. Yeah. I, it's so crazy. Growing up, all the albums that we have, most of the albums are comedy albums. Really? Yep, I've got Lily Tomlin, Smothers Brothers. Mm -hmm. Cheech and Chong? Bill no. Bill Cosby. Oh. I didn't grow oh, up with no. Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Not in Pam's family. <laughs> did, you have, did you have Alan Sherman? I'm, I might Hello, have had, Mata. no. Alan and I had Bob Carr and Alan somebody. It, I can't remember now the teams, but it, there were a lot of teams Alan, back then. Alan Sherman, I, I lip-synced to Hello Mata, Hello Father for the Cancer Telephone when I was 11 years old, and I went down to audition, and it was, I, I went to audition, was this, this, it was like a, um, all these gymnastic girls were doing their little gymnastic things, like three, <laughs> four, five, six of them in a row, and then I came on and did my little thing, and they went, well, that's different. <laughs> yeah. So I went on. Karaoke before it even became a thing, yeah. Scott. <laughs> you invented wow. it. Wow. Yeah. And so I did this lip sync to the Hell and Jokey-okey. Jokey-okey. Oh. We did that, we did that in the uh, Sorry. sixth, grade, sixth <laughs> grade talent show. Me and three other guys did the Beatles, and uh, we did Help, and I was Ringo. <laughs> I'm going to tell you my... my I, I was a pip. You Thank you very much. That's uh, right, Gladys, Gladys Knight, Knight and the Pips. Pips yeah. I was a Pip behind so you my did, girl. So you did do blackface? No, we didn't. We didn't have. <laughs> we were to talking do about blackface. that earlier. Had anybody ever done blackface? No. What is a Pip? What's a Pip? That's the three You're, guys that the, were the backup, the backup singers, singers for Gladys, for Gladys Knight. Knight. They yeah, were but Pips. We would have pips. Oh, what's a pip? Yeah, what's a pip? Like a, uh, hey, uh, like a, a styling, man. Like a, you know, like a, 
like a real hip dude, you know. Uh, okay. Hip. I thought that I, hip. Hip. I thought it was pimp. I know. I, first, I, I know. I, <laughs> I thought it was Gladys Knight and the Pimps. Let's Google search it. Let's see what it says. It's hip. Yeah. Hip. Seriously. You're a pimp. What's a pimp? Yeah. A little, you know. It sounds like an insult and a compliment at the same time. It does sound like time. an insult. <laughs> yeah. But if you're behind Gladys Knight, it's uh, a compliment. Pimps That's are true. small but easily countable items, items such as dots or dominoes or dice. That would be me. Or a small but very countable item. Or the symbols on a card that denotes its suit. <laughs> you little Still sounds like an insult. You're a little domino. <laughs> I'm a little domino. You are. Little Domino. Yeah. I like that. That could be your I'm nickname. I'm a high-powered pip. Well, here's <laughs> my little Domino. I have, to tell you, I'll have to tell you my Beatles story. So uh, okay. when the Beatles, that was a big, big deal. We saw them on Ed Sullivan. We said, what the heck's going on? You right. know, all these girls <laughs> screaming. And, of yeah. course, we loved the Beatles. And so uh, we got we got together the Beatles around the neighborhood. We got the Beatle wigs. You know, so we put the Beatle wigs on, and then we uh, started lip-syncing some of the Beatle songs, and then we took the album and we toured the neighborhood with it. <laughs> so the oh four gosh. of us with our cardboard guitars, our our, our box drum set. Um, was that the uh, the black album with the four yep, pictures yep, of them? Yep, yeah, exactly yeah. what that was. I don't was. remember what it was called. So just, we went on tour. We toured Beatles? the neighborhood, and we would knock on the door. Oh, we're the Beatles. We're on tour. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was and that had songs like I want to hold your hand and yep yeah, I yeah, hold yeah. your hand and uh, she was just 17 you know the star standing there right yeah did and you it, make yourself a little stage a little little box you guys would stand on well then yeah afterwards we would would sell souvenirs merch oh yeah you were bootlegging we some we things yeah. never change <laughs> well, you know I just don't know what were we even thinking but it was like we were just we wanted to beat a Beatles so bad you know yeah. and, we played uh, we played combat that was the difference in your neighborhood and <laughs> our neighborhood you played combat there was a television show called combat you remember combat oh yeah uh Sergeant Saunders Vince, was Vic Vince Morrow, Morrow. Vic, Vic, Vic Morrow yeah Vic yeah. Morrow that's right yeah died in a Steven Spielberg movie, the helicopter chopped his head oh, off. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's Ring it right. down. What, yeah. what well, movie was Well, just a little, little yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> What movie was that, I wonder? Hammy down or well, here. the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, was Twilight it a twi Zone. the Twilight mm -hmm. Zone? Oh, my God. And Spielberg did that? Yeah. Huh. It no, was a World no, War. No, it wasn't Spielberg. It, huh. was, uh, I, it wasn't. Other. It was a regular series about World War II, a platoon, about yeah, six guys. And you always had, there was like, there were like five or six guys that were the regular guys. Every right. week they were there. You know, Sergeant Saunders, Little John, who was huge, like name name from the from uh, from Robin Hood. Then okay. you had Cage. Cage was French, but he spoke German, so he was always the guy that would you know go in behind enemy lines. Was that lines. you, Les? Were you then the you little had, guy that was speaking German behind everybody's How back? did you know? I was always. <laughs> I was always cage. I always I, wanted to be cage. Every you're a little cagey. When we would start, cagey, when we would start picking guys, everybody wanted to be Sergeant Saunders, and I and I knew it was hard to get Sergeant Saunders because you had to really be on the top end. You had to wrestle for it. You know, there's all kinds of shit went down. <laughs> you like to wrestle. Yeah, but there were guys that were right. a lot tougher than me. Who was it? Was it? it was 1982. He was cast in a feature role in the Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. Directed by John Landis. Yes. Landis. Landis. That was a big name. He back was then. playing a racist. <laughs> Ooh, who let's was talk taken about back in time and placed in various situations where he would be persecuted, be a persecuted victim. Oh, victim? Like as, yeah, it was like a. Okay. And didn't say how he died, though. Hmm. Helicopter severed his yeah. head. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't want to post that. <laughs> it's a helicopter guillotine, I think. That's, that's what's right. right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it did. Yeah, helicopter. He was hit by a helicopter strut. There you yeah. go. 
How yeah. did we even get off of this topic? I think it was my fault. I think I no. You talked about going around being the Beatles, yep. and I said in my neighborhood we all played combat. That's right. That was like you we know. don't need to go into rewind here, guys. What? It's all right. You don't Forward. T- don't be telling us what. To t- <laughs> See as soon as Pam gets here, boom. Oh, so it, it it didn't just kill him; it killed all three of the people. Yeah, I mean, it was a oh, huge lawsuit. Yeah. Huge lawsuit in Hollywood. Brutal. Huge. Yeah, did, did Landis ever direct another movie after that? I mean, that Ooh, was that's a, a good question. That was a big. That's another good. That's a major screw. Was there ever another movie in Hollywood where three actors got killed on set? You know, and one of them was actually a star that mattered. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. The, I think uh, The Crow was oh, yeah. Brandon With Lee. Fra- yeah, he got shot Marlon on Brando's set. Oh, that's right. Somebody Son. put live rounds yep. in the fucking gun, and nobody checked it, and they shot him like on right. to death. Right. Yeah. And whack. I think uh, Ishtar, I think it killed off uh, um, Dustin Hoffman and uh, Warren Beatty's <laughs> career for a while. That's a good one. To, that, <laughs> yeah, those bullets Ishtar. should be live. Jesus. <laughs> Well, <laughs> they thought it was people be who are listening to this, this podcast have to be a certain age. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh my God! Yes, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's on the the hit topic tonight. There is no topic. That's the whole point of the conversation, Pam. You know, There's no topic. I think people really? would like to know nope. how Pam ended up in this seat right here. This now. I mean, her history, how she got here, because this is the first time that uh, she's been here. Correct. Well, yes. at podcasts, because on Thursday nights, I have my grandson. He's so cute. <laughs> he He's 18 <laughs> months now. But mm. so I haven't been able to be here because on Wednesday and Thursday nights, we keep Zayden mm-hmm. for my daughter. She's working. And hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the, uh, and, and, and Taylor does listen to the podcast. Yay. And, uh, and, well, there you uh, go. And, Good and, shout and out to Taylor. And, and critiques them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, she does. And, and, and her boy so, Zayden. Rightfully so. She tells me I talk too much. Uh, which <laughs> oh, she's no. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you. I, I think Scott's, you know, uh, people ask me how I got here, but you don't get Pam's how you well, got here. Let's find out. Let's, let's, let's find let's, out. In these uncertain times. It's usually it's not an interview. But, dun, but, do you, but do you know the story of how Pam got here? You know, I don't know the story, and I'd like to hear it. I thought you knew well, the story. The story goes long, long time ago. <laughs> a galaxy far, far away. A galaxy far, far away. Um, how I got here presently was I was a graduate of the Oslo, working at getting my master's, met less. We were you might together. want to clarify for people that don't know what the Oslo is. The Oslo is um, Florida State University's graduate program for fine arts, for performing. And the Oslo is here. It's a professional theater company here in Sarasota. At the time, it was a two-year program. And um, not only do you, uh, you know, take your classes, but you understudy professional actors at the Oslo. Sometimes you get to perform. Well, and you're getting your MFA. You get. That's what graduate work is. Thank you, yeah, Les. Yeah, but some people don't know. Thank you, Les. Thank you, Les. The one bonus I'm going, I'm on going that. going for my class of people. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that isn't a, a bone that uh, that is a bone that isn't usually. We at the Oslo, I th- believe there's only three conservatory programs in the United States where you can graduate and get your uh, equity card. So the minute you leave 
and you graduate, if you go to New York or LA or anywhere, I mean, if you go to Erda's and you're auditioning for a professional you know, theater company, whatever, uh, you, you do have the opportunity to work professionally because you have your card. Do you know but that the equity uh, union, at any given time, 90% of the equity union is unemployed? Yes. <laughs> They've got great benefits, by the way. Yeah. Uh -uh. <laughs> For those 10% that get to work. But, uh, um, but went, to, went to New York. Uh, ha the time I hit New York, what was very uh, big and booming was MTV, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, that's where I did a lot of my work was doing. I did a couple of Billy Joel musical videos. Um, just performing in those. I did a lot of walk-on for the um, One Life to Live. Um, I did an off-Broadway showcase. Uh, you know, did... You were never a, 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 a VJ? No, you know? never a VJ. Like, like, like Lena Blackburn. Hey, baby. How you doing? <laughs> I've been talking too many years and probably yeah. smoking too many cigarettes. Yeah. You would have been perfect for soap operas. Yeah, I would I have think. been. I really uh, I know. thought so, too. Yes. But anyway... Um, after four years, uh, hooked back up with Les, moved to Chattanooga, spent a year there. We got married. We opened a comedy club with Les, with Ken's sons, Les's partner. Then well, we. How did, how did you two meet? We, here in Sarasota, we were waiting tables at Bennigan's, which is now Panera Bread next to Michael's I remember on Bennigan's, East. Yeah. 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 That was a cool, cool spot. I had like one shift, maybe two a week. They would humiliate the and demoralize right? me all the time because <laughs> they'd put up, who's the best server has the best check average, and then who's the worst? <laughs> I was always the worst because I had one shift a week. Yeah, that was exactly. it, maybe two. Not exactly so, uh, but hey, acknowledgement's acknowledgement, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we. Um, and then you met you met yeah. Les there somehow. Met Les, yeah. And so we were both working there. And somehow you connected. We got off yeah. work uh, uh, at about this. I, no, I was already off work. I was coming in, and Pam had gotten off work, and they work. wouldn't they wouldn't let you drink at the bar in your uniform. In your uniform, so she needed a shirt. Yep. So Ken called me and said, "Hey, you know that girl Pam that works here?" I go, "Yeah, the one that doesn't like me." He goes, "You're right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said. <laughs> she needs a shirt. I go, all right, I'll bring her a shirt. So that's how it started. That's how it started. And then he, we went on a, a pub crawl. Well, we ended up at the beach. We went over to, we went over to Harry O's house. Yeah, went to Harry O's. Who lived down the street from me on Siesta Key. Yeah. Went over to Harry O's, caught a little buzz. And then I was leaving. And I said, I'm, I'm going down to my favorite bar. And Pam goes, well, I'm heading back home. I'll stop and have a drink with you if you want. And I said, okay. And, and, you, and you ended up at Cheetah's. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> but we, let's just say Pam didn't make it home. <laughs> Thanks, Les. You ruined the surprise. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler So that's how you guys met. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we were working together. That's it. We were working together. And so you had a... a, um, a uh, a degree in theater. I had a degree in theater. Uh, I had waited tables, and um, you had a full somehow, scholarship, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, somehow for Ken Sons in Chattanooga, that was uh, you know resume experience right there. I was kitchen manager when I went to Chattanooga, <laughs> and I was uh, you know head waitstaff, you know manager of the uh, waitstaff. I went all right. Yeah, so you can imagine that, yeah, that that first year we we did fail. We learned from our mistakes. <laughs> oh, we failed horribly. <laughs> but th that was great. Fun. You know, my we gosh. Yeah, I certainly learned what not to do in the Well, kitchen. you know what? <laughs> we were on salary. 
So we didn't lose a dime. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We didn't lose we didn't a dime. Lose. They hired us. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. We did it very well. And how much? Did you, <laughs> and how much did you make a week back then? And somehow you could. Survive? I made six hundred a week. I made two ninety. I thought you made four. No, two. I, I made three hundred dollars a week. So you made three, and I made six. Yeah. I was the GM, and you were an assistant. Kitchen manager. What yeah. says assistant there, Whatever. brother? I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know how we came up with that. You know. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. And Pam and I were living in my dad's basement. Yeah. Sleeping uh, on the floor. On the floor the in front of a fireplace. That's where our first year. On the floor in front of a fireplace. And we considered ourselves lucky. We had a ball. We did. We had a ball. We had a new little puppy dog, Schnocky. That's where Schnocky came from? That's where Schnocky came from. How we came up with the name was in Chattanooga, when it'd get cold and we were coming home at night, late at night you know everything's closed well we'd have some schnapps in the freezer no sake sake that's Ooh, it sake, sake. In the, yeah sake, and we'd wow. throw it in the microwave and heat it up <laughs> right that was i mean it hit your veins boom you were <laughs> catching a, a buzz so sake. i just loved listening to les with his accent sake you want some sake? <laughs> I just died laughing. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we had a dog named, because she was a schnauzer, Schnocky, and when you were we, calling her at night? When we, Schnocky. <laughs> when we went to God, uh, we, we didn't even know we were getting her. We went over to my sister's house, Tara's house, and she had a schnauzer, and it just had a litter of puppies. Yeah. And they were little puppies. And, uh, and, and we go, she always said, the mother is a pure breed schnauzer and the father was lucky. And uh, <laughs> he was just some mutt that jumped the fence. <laughs> and uh, so we went over there and we were, we were buzzed on sake. Not to brag, but we were buzzed. <laughs> we, were buzzed. <laughs> we were buzzed on sake. And the puppies are about six puppies. And one puppy kept oh, coming so, to Pam. Just so kept... Just kept coming over to really? her and, and, and every time, and and we took her home that night. Yeah, you know we we're like, well, obviously this dog's coming home with us, and that's where the we got we were we were snockered <laughs> on sake, snocky. We were snocky. That's the history of that. That's how that dog, and that was yeah. the, that was one of the that was the best dog ever. That was one of those dogs where, ever. and you've seen these. People that have a dog that in the dog stroller. goes in a stroller, that, well, right. but the dog goes everywhere with them, and 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 Snocky was that way. She went yeah. everywhere with me. I mean, I I I mean, she went everywhere with, and I could that dog. I could walk into a bank. I could yeah. walk into a bank. She would not be on the. She was a small dog, like a little terrier. Yeah. She would she would heel. She would walk right by my heel. I never taught her heel. She just you know you just always with you. She walked right on my heel, and when I would stop, she would sit or lay down. Yeah. And she would nip, not, not make a sound. She was tired and of being beaten, so. So, <laughs> so the people, but whenever I'd go into a building, nobody would even know she was there, you know. And they would, somebody would look down and go, oh, my God, there's a dog. There. Yeah. And i go, yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> and and they go, can we, can we pet her? And i go, yeah, you want her to come over there? Go around and see him, Snocky. Yeah. We'd open a box of Triscuits, oh, and that dog, dog would come from three blocks away. You could shake crackers. <laughs> you could shake a box of crackers out the front door, 
And that dog would come from a mile away, man. Yeah, we were thinking uh, about putting her in the greyhound races and just have instead of the bunny, <laughs> a box of triscuits box of shaking. Triscuits. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. No? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that was it. Just kind How of did you get Peppy, your pup? Well, um, <clears throat> my 13th wedding anniversary with my ex, uh, she just gave me this dog as an anniversary gift, and I went, you know, and it's and it, Peppy's been in my act almost ever since then. I, I he got him. I got him as a, as a puppy. I, I sort of toured with him. I remember going to Medora, North Dakota, for the Great Outdoor Musical, and they you perform uh, in a big amphitheater in the middle of the uh, um, uh, the, 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 the what is it that uh, the desert there? They are the uh, the Black Hills. Oh, okay. and it's it's it's, it's incredible. It's like a, a three thousand seat. Um, so it's an outdoor drama. Yeah, it's amazing. I did outdoor drama. Pam did outdoor drama. So I took uh, a Peppy with uh, with me, and I was and so at first when I first got there, it was oh the comedian's here and he's got a dog. And after about a week and a half, it's like Peppy the dog's here with this comedian. Peppy the dog's here. <laughs> <laughs> then you know. <laughs> so I'd bring him up to in in, in the private uh, little dressing rooms they have uh, underground, you know, as you and uh, and people are always knocking on the door. It's like. Can we see Peppy? And I go, not, not the comedian, huh? The comedian's not, uh, you know. Nobody cared about me after after. Man, and I could take him. I actually put him in a little uh, like a baby thing, so I would I would carry him around. Uh, when, even when I you like, weren't one of those, Scott. I was at the beginning. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because then uh, when I'd leave uh, and I have to leave him in the room, I'd always find like the Animal Planet or something, some some kind of an animal. Something thing. interesting for him to watch. Yeah, something. If every so often, something would bark. You know. But uh, yeah, he's been a great dog. He's he's traveled with me. He's been, he's done a lot. When I do county fairs and things like that, uh, where kids are involved, I'll make sure that he's he was like behind me, and I'd open up the little thing, and his head would pop out, and uh, so the kids could care less about my show, but mm. they would be fascinated by the fact that there's a dog on stage and sitting there looking at them. And after the show, I'd get done, and they go, "Hey, how would you think of the show? Can we pitch your dog?" Exactly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and you were thinking this dog is covering a good fifteen minutes for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't a, need an opening act. You're Peppy. <laughs> he, he is a he is a tax write-off. <laughs> does, does Peppy do any tricks? Uh, yes, he can. I can shoot him, and he falls on his back. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's it. He tricks Wait, the IRS can, all yeah. the time. <laughs> 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 Bang! And, you know, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that later if you want. Uh, but yeah, Snocky had. We taught Snocky to sit, lay down, roll and over. roll over. So then whenever you brought out a cracker, she would run over to you, sit, lay down, roll over, and jump back up and go, that's all I got. Yep, yep. That's it. <laughs> if you'll teach me a new trick, I'll do it. Give me a cracker, man. <laughs> well, Peppy's got this deal. We have this backyard. Uh, it's a closed-in backyard, so we open up the little lanai door, and he goes out, and then he comes back in, and he expects a treat. And, and so we ha it, you develop a voice sometimes for your animals. And, you know, yeah. So Peppy is like, so um, I went out, and then I came back, and so the treat deal is, is happening, correct? Yeah. I said, I don't know if you did you actually pee or poop out there. Does it matter? It doesn't really matter. Out the door. The deal is, I, came, I come back in. The door is the <laughs> door. You know the door the is the tree. You know the doesn't deal matter deal. what I did That's right. on the so other funny. side of that door. We're sitting here talking about dogs. I have to segue into this because uh, one of the comics that I would – I really was here to talk to you tonight, which we can't get Bobby Collins on the phone tonight. Yes. But um, he does the salsa dog. Very funny bit. I remember when he first came to our club, everybody loved his salsa dog. You know, and it was uh, him talking in his dog voice, you know. and Oh, that was uh, a signature piece it for was, him. 
He's yeah. a, he's a very popular act here. Do you you know Bobby, oh, yeah, right? Oh yeah, I'd work with what him anytime. What what are some of the things that you think the reason are why Bobby is just charm? Charm. Charming. Yeah. I'm just telling you, man. Yeah. That what do you think, Mike? I mean, you're a newbie. A, what do you think about? I, I was about to say time? charm because, like, I don't know. Like, there's something about me that like, I'm, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm not supposed to like you, but <laughs> you're, because you know what I mean. Like, because yeah. like, style. Like, I feel like he would hate me as a millennial, <laughs> but he's so yeah. charming that I'm like, I feel like I could talk to you for like an hour and be friends with you. So it's like, I think it's about that. Really. I mean, the you crowds. Know, I mean, he they love the same one. people will come. I mean, they're like, oh, it's like happy hour for people oh yeah. it's bobby collins night we well, you know we got tickets to we me go. bobby's like uh uh when i met bobby and it, you and you watch him and you go he reminded me of james gregory's charisma in in with southerners you know and bobby is more for the northeastern crowd right. but he's he's just a fucking amazing salesman yeah i mean and he had a he career is. i mean he was a damn good you know he had a solid career before he got into comedy he, he was already doing well so did james you know and those guys they're just super charming and yeah. they're great acts i mean they're funny as hell and uh but but they just love them I, i've told bobby i said your crowd your crowd has stuck with you better than any yeah. crowd we've ever had i mean yeah. you know it doesn't matter whether most for the most part it's like oh as soon as somebody goes off of being on television for five years oh god their their, their numbers just drop just How about they a just female comic they do just you, fall off but you, bobby's people anyone they come just to love them. mind that's a charming female comic that keeps crowds and has a following uh, uh, like that um, rosie o'donnell <laughs> <laughs> She's done pretty well. Rosie very O'Donnell. Charming, very charming. Just, just charming. charming. Well, you know how much charming. I love Kathleen Madigan. And well, I just Kathleen think Madigan wonderful is. wonderful, you know. And, but unfortunately, uh, we haven't had her for 20 years. <laughs> Because she's a star. I know, she is. She's a star. She is. Gosh, she's not fantastic. A, not a big deal. Ellen, Ellen was a pretty big deal, but this yes. recent stuff is weird. It's hard to, I don't know what's exactly happened with her, but. Uh, what are you talking about, recent stuff? Ellen. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, they dish i think that somebody's like writing exposés on her calling her a monster and a really? horrible person yeah and who is this that, huh? well i think from, i could be wrong here but uh from what well, i understand i was i was actually in the supermarket and i looked over and oh like, it's people magazine you're yeah, quoting exactly yeah oh, it said oh monster my. so i was like how credible <laughs> is this bullshit yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. then you know what he's really quoting the, the headlines you see in the that on yeah. the internet without reading the article right, right, well i mean like right, i said i was in the supermarket right. scott yeah. so yeah, <laughs> yeah so with I looked a mask over. on yeah so, exactly yeah, it was you. already awkward enough but no I, I looked over at it and then i was like monster I was like what this could be some stupid yeah and the then, one thing the one thing that, that we've had we've we've had been blessed with the situation of running uh, a, a business where we get the opportunity to meet and get to know a lot of celebrities. I mean, get yeah. to spend some real time with them. And one of the things, that, and you read all, when you, whenever anything pops up about a celebrity, I, know I go, about. unless you are one of, <laughs> unless you're somebody that is a close friend to that person, like a friend friend. Right, right. Don't, be, I mean, you can't believe any of that shit. Yeah. You have no fucking idea. Okay. Right, who they, re, what they really Tom are. Arnold. What's that? Tom Tom. I do. Do you believe the spin on him, or did you not after meeting him? The spin that he was like a wild ass coke addict. Well, we knew that, but (laughs) (laughs) the other spin, wacko, is 
that Roseanne was wacko crazy, remember? He, he admits it. He talks yeah. about it on stage. He's pretty transparent on that yeah. stuff. About you her know, being You crazy? know Tom. You, about what? Tom. You about with her Tom. being crazy or him being crazy? I like Yeah, he said he was crazy Tom, too. Uh, yeah. Coke and everything. I was, uh, oh, yeah. uh, a number of comedians were down at the uh, University of Iowa in... Um, and uh, we were doing a comedy show. They had some locals open for us before. Tom Arnold was one of them. Uh -huh. He had a thing called the Goldfish Review, where he had these little goldfish that he would take out of uh, water <laughs> no. and strap them on little motorcycle <laughs> things and, and zap them through uh, flaming hoops and stuff. It was just, and he had a little song. Oh, oh just, my God. It was, uh, it was Tom Arnold and the Goldfish Review, and it was uh, That's an amazingly weird thing. That's and, so uh, weird. And so we're talking to him afterwards. I said, so, Tom, that was a... I've never seen anything quite, quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're just you're very charming on stage. I said, he goes, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm heading to L.A. I said, well, you might not want to go to L.A. quite yet. I said, you know, check out, you know, like Minneapolis or, or Chicago. And then, you know, get your act together. And it's, it's really the thing. I mean, you really get your act together comics before you go to L.A. or New oh, York. Yeah. I mean, get... Get, be, be ready to headline, be, you know, if you're going to go out well, That was there. the greatest advice we ever got. Yeah. Was, it was so that so about three months later, we hear this knock on the door at the Comedy Cabaret. I own my own, my own uh, comedy club for a while. I called the Comedy Cabaret. We hear the knock on the door, and I look out, and there's Tom Arnold. He's, just, he's, he's got, like, he the, basically. The goldfish? He, 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 he has to <laughs> yeah. get a new goldfish. Because uh, yeah. they pretty oh. much die. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's so a goldfish came. murder show. I said, well, come on <laughs> in. And, we, and the shows back then were, we would have shows like, uh, um, 2,000 pounds of comedy over a ton of laughs. In other words, we'd have like maybe 16 comics all doing like five minutes apiece. So, I mean, nobody had much more time than that back then. We were right. all working on our team. But you're in Minneapolis where you had a wealth of people and, you trying know, it. And we it, had right. the Comedy Cabaret was this great place. So we had classes and stuff like that. We had an open stage that was 25, 26 people every single Sunday. I mean, it was like three minutes and, you know. Um, but he came in and uh, um, he started working almost immediately there. And then he he met Roseanne, and that was his meal yeah, ticket. And yeah. he just right. he latched onto her, and he and he just good latching. Yeah, he did. And uh, it was an am amazing career move for him. I mean, oh but, God, yeah. but he was also a very talented, funny guy. I mean, oh yeah, you I know mean, when you when you watch Tom in you know movies and true lies. television shows. He was funny in that. True Lies. I like he yeah. was. He was. Yeah. I mean, he he. He, he, what kind of cra off. he was what kind of crazy bitch steals the ice, <laughs> ice cube tray? It's <laughs> one of my favorite lines. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, he, you know, and you know, I, I think w w he's been, what, how many times has he worked for us? Three, four? I think he's worked three times. Three times. Yeah. And I'd hire him back. I mean, yeah. he, he, he's a star he, star. You know what he, I really he, liked he, about he sells him? tickets. Which uh, we, you know, letting our people that know about uh, celebrities he was one of the warmest like i am going to stay in this room and i will not leave till i shake and take a picture of everyone's yeah. hand and be with them and greet them that want to see me and yeah he was know, very he was very so accessible engaging, very accessible and, uh, yeah. down yeah. to earth almost, yeah right? really yeah. he really yeah. was yeah. and well he needed money yeah, but, uh, <laughs> and he charged what ten dollars a picture to shake his hand. <laughs> there it was. No, it was ten. But no, 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 it's not true. Yeah, no, no. He, I, I tell you, I, I've, you know, he's one of those, he's one of those uh, uh, entertainers out there that you you hear wonderful things about and you hear horrible things about. You know what I mean? You really do. Well, he's yeah. the kind of guy that, that, that would win the lottery and blow it all within about two months. You know, well, you know, I think he sums it up. I think he sums it up when he does that bit about him and Roseanne while they're married, 
White Watch, I think it was White Watchers or Jenny, Jenny Craig, Craig or one of them, that says they will pay him, them it's some, a million a, dollars. I thought it Jenny was more Craig than that. But it was him, at least him. a million. She got five million. He got a million <laughs> to <laughs> just be on Jenny Craig Jenny and lose Craig. forty pounds each for like six, seven million dollars. And he goes, "You would think. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. We All we had to it. do it was do it for a short period of time, you know, and and pocket the money." We couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> Could not do it. She knifed him. She had held a knife and she stabbed him. Yes, yeah, he shows him the scars over wanting more cookies. Cookies, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. wasn't. Doesn't she have like multiple personality disorder or something? Well, you know, Roseanne goes back to when I was an she open micer. When I was on micer at a comedy work, she was hit Denver, by a car too. She was an open micer, you know. Yeah. And there's another one. As I go, you know, every Monday night we'd show up do open mic night. And uh, and generally every time we did open mic night, Roseanne was there, and of the open micers, always super nice. I mean, always super nice. Kind of introverted a little bit. You know what I mean? She kind of. Yeah. She wasn't like. And I only like, knew her one personality, and I have to say, <laughs> I dug it. Yeah. I dug it when she came out and did the whole diva goddess. You yeah. know, oh, diva yeah. bitch. She's yeah. a nice lady. Well, yeah. you know, she's. She's uh, once again just like Tom. She's very open. With, I got issues. <laughs> I got fucking well, issues. I guess so. Uh, you know, I mean, shit. All of us did. She was hit by a car when she was young, and so was Sam Kinison. Kinison was uh, hit by a car when he was like eight years old, and they're like traumatizing. But the connection. Well, his brother, uh, Sam Kinison's brother, wrote a book called Brother Sam, and it's about how after he got hit by that car, it's a completely different person. Was impulsive. Was crazy. Didn't give. Uh, fought against authority. And it was something about that near-death experience that just changed his whole trajectory in life. And hmm. everybody knows Kinison is a crazy cokehead. I never heard he, of that. he shot out the the uh, the O in Comedy Store, like he shot it out in on uh, Sunset Boulevard. He shot what? out the O. <laughs> what movie is over it? A they, fight, over a fight. Yeah. Over about the Comedy Store, they had it a lot. There was some stand-up Punch comedy. No, 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 but they had I'm Kinison dying up in here. It. I'm dying up here. Is it a new show? No, not no. a new show. No, 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 no. Punchline was great because the the actors line. backstage would go downstairs to the locker room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> go, like there was no locker rooms. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Stand it was up. something re- re- recent, clubs. maybe with Robin Williams. Rooms. I can't remember. Yeah, there were friends. was in the audience. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. doing him. And we yeah. went to the parking lot <laughs> where we went. Yeah, he you was know, prolific. Well, I remember when uh, we would first come in, you know that stand-up comedy had, especially in the 80s, everybody was doing a comedy night someplace, you know. It was it was more popular than Starbucks. It was yes. like, it was, yeah. if you could get a, a corner someplace, you could get comedy. And unfortunately what happened was there was a lot of bad comedy, uh, a lot of comedians who are basically openers that were starting to headline because they just needed people yeah. to fill but up you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw this at you I, I've heard that rap many times and I, I'm going to tell you that that's part of it but part of it is just the simple fact that it was new and it was a fad and yeah. fads wear out fads have about a 10 year lifespan mm-hmm. if you really look at it you go you know rock and roll started you know right there in the late 60s and by the by the late 70s, it was starting to wane, and disco all of a sudden picked up. And then we had disco so, for a while, and then what? and then comedy popped up, and then country and western So having up. a bunch of people up and doing less time was, a, you think, because it was a fad? No, no. I think that that th- there's always been this rap that, that comedy started to die out because 
It got overexposed on television, and there was a lot of bad comedy, and that was part of it. But part of it is, whenever anything's new, everybody comes out. It's new. It's Mm -hmm. the new fucking thing. Well, after a certain amount of time, and I usually see it, it seems like new things in entertainment have maybe at best a 10-year window. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in that seven, eight-year mark, it's going to start dropping off the backside. Because I know a lot of comedy club owners that got into comedy strictly because it was the hot thing. They, they're, they're, they are nightclub owners. They're not, they're not dedicated to any art form. They are into making money. Right. Now, whatever is the hot fucking thing to do, they're a disco, a and then all of a sudden, Urban Cowboy comes yeah, out, fuck it. the disco, put a put a mechanical a bull, bull in, in yeah. and put everybody in cowboy hats. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then comedy's a thing. Pull everything out, put the stage over there, now we're doing comedy. I mean, it's like, so you see, those are the ones that get out of it. You know, as right, soon right, right. as that money drops below a certain point, they're like, okay, what's the next fucking thing? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it, it, that's what I kind of see as. But the the wonderful thing about stand up comedy is it is held it's held its own, and it has mm-hmm. become a part of the, the uh, it, it, now it's actually considered an art form. Yeah, and it's become a part of the fabric of our performance art in the United States, and and, and you know, and we have a solid and holds our freedom of speech. Exactly, and we have, we and we have a, it's a solid industry. It really is. I mean, you know, it's a solid industry to this day. We are the court gestures yeah. of. of uh, we're we're right. the deal, you know. And well, it keeps uh, on evolving too, right? Uh, absolutely, and it keeps on absolutely. growing. Yeah. That and improvisation as well. I mean, improv is. Uh, I remember when uh, I joined Dudley Riggs Brave New Workshop back in uh, late sep, sep back in the nineteen hundreds. Hello. Uh, <laughs> the. Uh, I, and I ran that for three years, and, and that was like my total goal. I mean, um, and uh, uh, you know, Al Franken had just been there. Um, Al uh, Franken. Pat, Pat Croft. I mean, these incredible people that were uh, Paul Menzel, who went on to uh, do uh, the comedy workshop in Houston that created mm-hmm. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just it was the place to be. If you could get to Dudley Riggs Brave New Workshop and perform in the regular company there, you were, were a big deal. Right. I mean, I'm I'm suddenly now I'm in the Who's Who in Minnesota book. Now, I go, nice. well, thank of you. all three of us, you started as an acting as an actor, right? Yes, I did. All three of us did. You know, but I've always had. I mean, because I, I lip synced to records. I had there was a, a thing. My mother used to take you me. You had on. timing. <laughs> That's what it, you wanted to say, right, Scott? <laughs> I was actually on tour from when I was eleven and twelve to all the PTAs, Boy Scouts, Elks clubs, and stuff like that. My my mother would bring the little hi-fi thing and put the records on, and I would I would do about well, that's six that's or where you and Pam sure. are so much yeah. in common. Y'all were the y'all were both like at a really young age mm-hmm. knew you wanted to perform. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. I just knew I wanted to do yeah. comedy. I didn't I was the Simon whenever I do the karaoke for me. I'd be like, I'm sorry, Jenny, but I was much better than you. <laughs> I'm just gonna say my level of performance and what I brought to it far exceeded yours. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we had to disband the Beatles because there were there were five five kids that wanted to be Beatles and I said I said Dicky Dicky Lent can't be a Beatle because there's only four Beatles. You let Dicky Lent be a Beatle too. Dicky Dicky can be a Beatle. All right. 
So there were five, and then, then well, we had a disagreement about it, and we broke up. It was no- it's like you were the one that let Pete Best stay in the band. That's right. <laughs> he let was our Pete Best, but he got to stay with. So two drummers didn't make, make any sense. You know? <laughs> two, two drummers? <laughs> you had to be a big band to have two drummers, man. Yeah. But, but I've always wanted to do con- – I mean, I just, I just didn't know what it was. I mean, I remember when uh, we first started doing – I was teaching high school in uh, a little town called Dassel Cocado. And uh, I what what dash dassel coqueto was translated both towns like a little mini dog in, in, in Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah, they were both about twelve hundred <laughs> people. <laughs> I said Minneapolis like it was a state. I just did that. Yeah, you did. I know. Yeah, I'm gone. No, I'm losing my freaking well, mind. Uh, I'm sorry. In these uncertain times, <laughs> that be take your mask down, Les. Two thousand uncertain. <laughs> Certain time. Yeah. Oh, good. Every Lord. single ad now. So when you go back to you were teaching school. I was teaching school, and uh, um, Gail Mathias and I had done some improv at. Uh, Excuse me, who? Gail Mathias. She was on Saturday Night Live for the sixth season, which was really crappy, except for <laughs> Gail Eddie Mathias. Murphy came on a little bit later and oh, saved okay. it. Right. But man, it was really bad. But my uh, my my gamma jacket from uh, Gustavus has been on. The whole season Woo! of Saturday Night Live. So mm-hmm. Gail and I was she, she was uh, working for the called Projects for which is an agency. They booked uh, folk singers, and folk singers were looking for stand-up comedians to open for them because the folk singers didn't want other folk singers to open for them because that's too much folk singing yeah. in one yeah. night. You only take so much folk singing. <laughs> yeah, you know, only so many folks. Right. You know, it only takes a yeah, folk exactly. and then the singers, and it's just uh, you exactly. know. Exactly. So um, I so I'm going. What's what's this stand-up comedy thing? What's that? What is that newfangled thing? Right. And so she was telling me about it. So we got together on weekends. And uh, what year uh, was that? Uh, 1977. Les, that's so rude. That's what? like asking a woman how much she weighs. How big's your penis? <laughs> <laughs> 1977. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, enough's enough. Yeah. Right, go ahead. So we get together and we decided to do uh, try to do a little duo thing. Call ourselves the Amalgamated Amusement Company, which we mean AA Co. Which with with Yellow Pages would be Entertainment First AA. Anyway. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. Except the stupid name because no one could remember it. And um, so <laughs> we drummers. worked on this, worked on this, worked on this. We got we had ended up with two forty-five minute sets of. Uh, uh, we did. Uh, we wrote some sketches. I did my lip sync. She sang uh, uh, stupid songs like shaving cream and you know whatever whatever we could do to come up with with time. Uh, we needed thought we needed two forty five minute sets mm. to to this right with an intermission. Yeah. Right. So uh, we landed a gig. Um, our first gig ever was in uh, um, in in South Dakota at a, like a, a technical college in, in a little auditorium. And so we went on stage and did two 45-minute sets, the first time we ever performed stand-up comedy how, and got go? paid a lot of money. How, how did the first time I've ever done stand-up. How did those two 45-minute sets go? And so... <laughs> he still has the answer. How did they go, the two 45-minute oh, sets? Uh, very tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> they were tolerable. 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 Enough for us to think we could do this. <laughs> I said, I made more money in that... 45, two 45 minute sets, and I was making all week long doing, doing you know, teaching. How much and, was that? Do you remember? Uh, well, we made, uh, both of us made 500 bucks for, uh, that was a lot of money back. Yeah, I was we, making yes, like 250, was. 270. Yeah, oh, that's a lot God, of money. Yeah. For yeah. A, a whole week of teaching. Yeah. Now, I mean, I love the kids and stuff like that. If I had a sliding doors moment in my life, if I could have been split into people, I, I would have Sliding door locked moment. So, can yeah. I ask you a question? I, I would have liked. How, how long did it take you? to put together an hour and a half of material. 
Um, well, I'll give you an idea. A year later, after we had really worked hard, we had 28 minutes. <laughs> right. So let's go back to the original question. Okay, so the original question, we were doing uh, Nichols and May. We were doing yeah, Stella and Mera. Stuff. Sure. We were doing I old, shit. old jokes. Yes. We just stole everything. Yeah. No, no, we had uh, mostly. Uh, but we had. <laughs> <laughs> you were actors. <laughs> <laughs> that was I had their script. I had my I had my lip sync things that I could do. See, so karaoke, jokey, right. okey. All right, hang on. I just go. I'll try to do this quick. Ken and I, sons, you know, we do. We did open mic in Denver for about six months. And then George McKelvey, he let us go up every Monday because we did sketch comedy and nobody else did sketch comedy and that was unique. So he let us go up every Monday and they turned away comics, right? And then the first time he let us go up as on a regular night where we would get paid 25 bucks <laughs> after it was over with, we did five minutes and we had it set to get about four laughs or maybe five big laughs in that amount of time. A and we did. We got a laugh everywhere. We scripted a laugh. But was that in, because he fell? No, part of it. But <laughs> the big thing was, in stand-up comedy world, that's slow. That's yeah. way mm -hmm. fucking slow. Mm -hmm. And we did costume changes. Yeah, they turned the lights we off. We had them do blackouts. <laughs> we had them do blackouts. There would be a 30-second blackout. In their five-minute bit. Well, da, da, da. So we did that twice. We did that twice. So <laughs> McKelvey came up to us Hello. afterwards, and we thought we kicked ass. We thought we kicked ass. And McKelvey goes, you guys ain't cut out for stand-up comedy. <laughs> and we were like, what the fuck? We thought we just we did we hand it to him and he goes no man more jokes you need more yeah. laughs keep the lights and on and he goes you turn the lights <laughs> off and twice the jokes for like faster. thirty seconds in a five minute piece he goes that's dark for a long fucking time that's a long they time thought they were shared they dark. had more you know what I mean costume changes so than jokes <laughs> he was trying to level with us and give us you know the real deal as you know he knew. And of course, we're idiots, and we're thinking, this fucking old fucking bastard doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> you know, so we're going to go out there and prove him wrong. So we, we left Denver. We headed back to the southeast. We just picked up gigs <laughs> wherever we could. We thought we were doing well. We probably weren't. And then doing all sketches. So then we got to Tampa. We ended up landing in Tampa because there was a guy who had a comedy club in Tampa, a comedy club in St. Pete, and a comedy club in Sarasota, uh, Johnny Cash Cochran, don't ever take a check. And, <laughs> and it was all fronts for drug, uh, uh, it, for drug distribution. Well, so but anyway, we came here for that reason. A buddy of ours lived in Tampa. And so we heard, we heard about a bar that had a stage. That's all we need to know. The bar had a stage on Nebraska Avenue. That's fucking, anybody knows Tampa, that's rough. Nebraska Avenue is fucking rough. We go over to this bar. We talk to the owner. Is this the moment that ended sketch comedy you're getting to? Yep. Okay. <laughs> we got over there, and we talked the guy into letting us do, you know, and he goes, I'll pay you 200 bucks. Come in, do a show on a Monday night, right? We go, how much time you want? He goes, hour and a half. We go, okay. Uh-oh. We had 20 minutes. <laughs> we wrote another hour and 10 minutes in two days never tried it before <laughs> ever never worked it out we went in that night we did it let's just say there was no back door there was no like when you were on they the stage when out. you were on the stage the only way to leave the stage was to go through the audience and there wasn't much of that they were playing pool right <laughs> they were playing pool 
And just like in a stereotypical Blues Brothers movie, at one point, a guy threw a beer bottle at us. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, threw a beer bottle at the stage. You suck. And then a couple of people applauded and said, no, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have then, to walk through the crowd with the people going, no. shame, And the only shame, thing, I would, oh, I would have loved that. Shame, and then, shame, shame. And then... The only thing was we'd hit it up. We we'd made friends with the doorman. You always make friends with the doorman. We made friends with the doorman who was the bouncer, and he had told us before. He goes, "Oh, you guys doing comedy? I can't wait. I do Dangerfield." So after sucking for forty-five minutes, taking an intermission, and knowing we had to go back out and do forty-five more motherfucking minutes to get our two hundred bucks, we went out and we introduced the doorman. <laughs> we immediately went, Bobby. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Jesus. Does a killer danger feel? Bobby, would you like to come up and do some danger feel? Of course, he was, he, was, he was thrilled. He was thrilled. He came up. Thank God he did danger feel for 15 minutes, and that was the only thing good <laughs> that happened, you know, pretty much. Yeah. And we finished, and we had to go in the next day to get paid, and we were sure the guy wasn't going to pay us. We went in the next day. The guy goes, I heard it went pretty well last night. <laughs> paid us 200 and tried booked, to rebook and him? booked us for the next Monday, and we said no. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of sketch comedy. No, no. However, no, no, no. no we're no. going to be managing your dorm. And that was where <laughs> yeah. we real. That's where we realized how bad we really were, and right. how much work well, we you, needed. To you know, do. the thing of it is, when you first started doing stand up, it's like we didn't. There weren't any rules. Uh, there weren't any yeah. uh, anybody to. Uh, uh, other than the people you might have seen on the Tonight Show, which is all Vegasy kind of stuff, they're just you didn't, didn't know what was going on. So it was all experiment. I remember once we, went, we were up in Hibbing, Minnesota, but for the first time ever, where the hell is Hibbing? It's Minnesota? up near Duluth. It's way up there. It's it's, <laughs> it's, way it's cold. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold up there. They really do talk like that up here, you know. So we get up to Hibbing, and we're on, on the stage, and these people are looking at us, and <laughs> nothing's happening. And one guy walks up to and goes, what, what, are you, what are you guys doing up here? We, we got a right to know. We got a right to know. We got a right to know. They didn't get it all. They had no clue. That's <laughs> like the time we did Are a, you violating my civil rights? <laughs> yeah. That's like the time we did, a, we did an improv show in Huntsville, Alabama, and they would not give us a suggestion. I mean, crowds of 150, 200 people, oh, yeah. no one, zero, no one would give us <laughs> one suggestion. The, the staff had to do it. And they, they were probably being nice less. They stared at us <laughs> like we were speaking a foreign language. And, and that, like, we got a right to know we had one of big old country guy come up after the second or third show we did. He goes, hey, I got to ask you something, fellas. How you get a job like that? Because <laughs> that's amazing. They paid you. They paid you. Do you know how hard I worked today? Oh, oh so funny. So, but after a year um, of working, doing stand-up at a little place called Mickey Finn's, it's basically a Saturday night. They started out with a, um, a contest. And the, 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 it said, you ought to see these clowns. That was the, uh, the advertisement for it. And so, but somebody actually had to win this thing. I, I don't even, I don't know. I can't remember who actually won it. I, I, but we, it, for somehow the, the, the comedians commandeered this, this bar, which was right. a kind of a union bar for like pipe welders. But on Saturday nights, we somehow got this thing and we took it over and we did on Saturday nights and Mickey Finn's became this regular, that finally a place that you could have, you know, a stage, 
And sorts. you had fun with the crowd. Oh, I don't know if we had fun with the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but they would let you keep coming back. They just kept <laughs> You weren't pissing them off. And it was You kept them away. No one was making any money. It was all free. Did they leave the televisions on? Hmm? Did they leave the TVs uh, probably, on? Probably. Yeah, yeah, of course oh, they did. Oh, that's the worst. Of course yeah. they did. And it, yeah. uh, but you know what? Um, you had to start someplace, and you had to learn uh, yeah. the hard way. Generally, it was like, oh, like sure. I said, when we started out, we had two forty-five minutes. At the by by the end, we had twenty-eight minutes of what we thought were at least all original material. Right. And uh, um, it was really weird. I mean, it was. Um, and then Gail, uh, I ended up, uh, I had um, taken a class at Dudley Riggs Baby Workshop, and they had just got, the, the whole company had just left, and so I ended up, I got very lucky, and I got to perform there. Gail went on to, uh, her fiancé uh, was in, uh, he was writing scripts for Remington Steel at the time. Remington Steel. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes, I, I do. Did. And he became like the. Was that Pierce? Pierce uh, Bronson. Bronson. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, um, uh, and John Worth is his name. He became the producer, basically, mm-hmm. of that show by the time it was done. Mm-hmm. Really neat guy. And uh, so Gail went out there, and then she, she took our act, and I said, well, let's just take all of our stuff together and try to combine it into a one-woman show for you that you can showcase with it. And so she took all of her characters that we had developed, and, and she went up, and, uh, and she, got, she landed Saturday Night Live immediately because she had a bunch of characters. I mean, it wasn't right. because we had been doing kind of character stuff. As right. opposed to stand-up stuff, in our show it was more, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and because uh, so Saturday, Saturday Night Live is not about stand-up; no. it's about no. characters. No. Yeah. Characters used to be. They used to have stand-up comedians on Saturday Night Live. A you long better time. do characters. Yeah. yeah. You know. They, yep. they always liked the, uh, you know, impressions. Right. Mm-hmm. See, and do. the thing about it, when Pam headed up to New York, and you know, I know we talked to you at that point about doing stand-up comedy up there because. We realize, I mean, I think we had told you at that point, Ken Sons and I, we go, look, man, right now in this industry, there's no pretty, smart women doing, and, and there wasn't. There was Elaine Boozler, there was Rita Rudner. They were the two most beautiful, you know, good comics. But there, there wasn't that element. There was a ton of goofy white guys like us yeah. trying to do it, and... I remember you just you just were like nah I no. just I'm not I just don't you know I just don't have you, you. I, I I don't want to be a writer you know I mean that was one of the things that I found out at the Oslo our thesis was writing your own one person show let an actor write for themselves yeah. you know I mean oh my gosh yeah tedious yeah on and on with emotion it really is that the women are we're considered novelty acts as yeah like 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 a a a ventriloquist uh a magician a female yes comedian was a novel when we auditioned uh um, i was uh, married to stephanie hodge for a while we were uh she was and i worked really hard at helping her write uh, a stand-up comedy routine so that she could become a headliner as well we ended up auditioning for the uh uh, the comedy store, and she, uh, of course, Stephanie's got the leather jacket. She's got the, the really bleached blonde hair. She's got the cigarette. She's got the, like the, the tough act going. And I'm doing my little crazy, you know, wacky, you know, physical stuff. And she afterwards, she, and we did a really, really, really good uh, audition. And afterwards, Mitzi Shore goes, "Well, we got a lot of white comics." Um, and she looks over at Stephanie, goes, "Can you do puppets?" No, she did not. Yeah. 
And then that was pretty much your critique. And then we can you do anyway, puppets? Did, did we just get critiqued? <laughs> yeah, right. So we just kind of hung out at the comedy store in the background. You know, you kind of yeah. hung out. And then every so often they had three three theaters. They had the main room, the uh, the yeah. uh, the OR. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had the mm -hmm. belly room, which belly is kind room. of upstairs. Right. And that was where uh, if they had an overflow parking, a lot of the extra people, they'd send them up there. And then that's where the doorman and the ticket man and the ushers and the the hanger rounders. We'd all go up there and we'd actually produce a show. We'd, we'd do a show up there. Right. So we got to perform uh, at the comedy store that way, um, with whether or not Mitzi wanted us there or not. Did you know Polly Shore then? Yeah, Polly was a little. I was, would love to have him call in. I, we had him booked, of course, the week we closed down for COVID. Polly would call in. Polly Shore, yeah. when he it's first started story. out, well, he was just a little kid at that time. But the, the more he got stage time, the better he got to the point where he was. He had his his voice down. He had his he was Timing. he was really good. I mean, it was right. really fun to watch. Yeah, you know, um, there are there are some acts like uh, uh, I saw Mark Price, who was the oh, we had him. He, was, he was Skippy on Family Ties. Oh, we know Mark, we know but Mark Skippy. was I had was, to run him out of town. I'm not sure. He had a drug you. problem. I had to run him out of town. Well, Mark came and played the club, came and played the club, and uh, <laughs> and he, so like like about five days later. Somebody tells me, and he goes, you know, I saw Mark Price the other day. He was down at the Gator Club or some freaking bar. I said, really? He's still here? Yeah, he met some girl. I don't know, something. He's still around town. Oh, well, whatever. Okay. So then a couple days later, somebody comes up and goes, uh, hey, man, did you hear Mark Price? is? Uh, he's performing at just a bar, you know, at like the, you know, like the, get, you know, the, uh, I don't know, just a bar bar where, they, where there's music. He's, he's performing over at, at uh, 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 Madison's matter. or something, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, oh, really? So I called his agent, and I said, here's the fucking deal. Either somebody comes and gets Mark Price and takes him the fuck out of Sarasota, or I am. I'm going to stick him in a fucking trunk. I'm going to drop his ass off somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, give me a fuck out Well, I remember, see, he, he would come down to the store and perform, and he would get time because he was Skippy from Family Ties. Of course. But all he was was an actor reciting lines. Right. And, and pretending to be a stand-up comedian, and right. he wasn't funny. Right. Um, and I just went, man, that he doesn't get it at all. He doesn't have, he doesn't have any of the chops. He just got, he has the, the ability look, to get on too. stage yeah, that, because of that thing, yeah. you know? Right, um, right. right. It is, it is. Well, we've seen that. You've seen that. I mean, that's one of the things when when Pam and I book, every time you book someone off of Saturday Night Live, and that's where we're close. And and, uh, and Pam's like, how long have we been talking? <laughs> and I said, well, it's we're getting close to an hour, I think. Uh, yeah, we're a little bit over an hour right now. Uh, so we're about to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, sure. Are you hungry? Yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. She start, she'll get hangry. There's a point where oh, she'll get hangry. Yeah. Um, no, the, the, uh, you know, when you have a comic that comes off of Saturday Night Live and, and they start doing stand-up, if they were a stand-up before that, like a Kevin Nealon. Or Rob, then, Sch Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah right. They're stand-ups, mm -hmm. you know. But then you got the ones that weren't stand-ups. Yeah. And so they have to become stand-ups. And so you, you with, with most of them, what you see early on is you go, don't book them right out of the shoot. You know, when they first pop up and go, oh, so-and-so's gonna do, uh, is gonna tour comedy clubs. And go, mm, let's see how they do this first year. Let's, let's hear the feedback. Yeah. Because you and I, we all know, it takes a certain amount of time mm -hmm. 
to develop that. Even if you have writers and, and all the help, you know, it still takes you probably two or three years. And, uh, and I remember several acts like that that we waited on. But by the time we booked them, for the most part, they were, they were good by then because they, they really paid attention to, the, to what they needed to do. And, and a lot of times people just want to see, be in the same room with them and, and, of course, and look of at course. them and then get a picture taken. Well, of course, right. of course. But you still want it, you want it to pay off. You mm -hmm. don't want it to be, you know, like, what the fuck? I mean, the so first time. So what's the moral of this story? She's hungry. Well, no, but I mean, you've got, <laughs> there's no moral. We've been talking about people that started with uh, the fish review, the goldfish review, shouldn't be in comedy. Look what happened. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Sketch Pam comedy. Pam doesn't boy. understand. Pam thinks there's actually a form to this <laughs> and that it's got a, a beginning, middle, end, and we'll somehow podcast all form? tie together. Podcast form? Nope. No podcast we form? We don't do that. We just at a point go, we should stop talking. And oh. there's usually and music that starts playing in the background, <laughs> and we, our voices oh. start fading away as, as the, the, the crazy. I know. It's, it doesn't make sense at all. Kaleidoscope. That's the reason we have no audience. <laughs> <laughs> But, but we love have, doing it. Do you it. have a, a clarity, some kind of moment that you have come to through our conversation? Well, I think comedy comes from the heart. So, you know, with, with no. that. Yes, it does. It comes from the crotch. <laughs> <It> does, <laughs> do you know it well, comes from the crotch? If you're in a bar, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I go. Doesn't. I always say, I always tell people, I said, you know, I, I may never be rich doing comedy, but I've led a really rich life being able to, to be in front of people and make people laugh. I knew I would never be rich doing comedy, so I opened up a club. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys did it smart. I mean, I, I've, oh. and I've also, it was so neat to, I came down here on vacation about yeah. what, 25 years ago. Yes. And All just ended in. up just like doing a little showcase for you guys. Yeah. And you love me. And I, and I just, you, you brought me back. It was like my little paid vacation from Minnesota and, and come down here and, yeah. um, and just what a lie. And to, to develop a friendship. It, it, it's Anytime a, you, any, you know, we said a million times till Tuesday and everybody in the performance arts, if they don't know it, they're, you know, they should. If you get a chance to live out your life as a performance artist, I don't give a fuck what you do. As yeah. a performance artist and you're able to make your living doing that, I don't care if at the end of the day you, you died and you had $5 in the bank, but you got to do that. You, I mean, yeah, that's a privileged life. That's a, when, when you love doing it. There's it's a very a, it's small incredible. percentage of, uh, it's of the acts small. that haven't had very to do a, uh, a, another job. Exactly. To, to be very, to, you know, to be lucky to be able to basically have done just stand-up comedy strictly in my life. And, and that's just a, a real blessing to me. You know, I always say that like my, my career can be summed up this way. Uh, um, being at the right place at the right time, one day late. <laughs> one day late. I always consider myself <laughs> Damn, being at I the right place tire. at the right time, but never quite talented. <laughs> 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 Not quite. They go, I He's was good. always missing goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much. Thank, I'm so happy that Pam finally made it on the Yay. podcast. Yay. Yay. We were going to have Bobby Collins call in. Yeah, we had a little Bobby. technical glitch. We were bummed about that. But, but he was so gracious. <laughs> 
and, and he was texting them back and forth, and he was like, "Don't, no worries, I, he'll, he'll, we'll get him back another time." Scott, thanks for coming back and love doing him. it. Love, and, love it. And love we'll you guys. be uh, opening up. God love us if everything goes well. We're opening here in just another uh, week and a half, and uh, I'm sure you'll be in that first wave of of uh, comics and uh, and see see what the public uh, response is going to be. You know how many people are willing to come inside with a with a big group of people in this situation, you know, and so uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. So thanks, everybody. Appreciate it.